You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hello everyone, welcome to the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 1st of September. We have a modest weekend of, of racing in the UK this weekend, but we're off the back of York and we're building up to next weekend's racing with Irish Champions Weekend and the Haydock Sprint Cup, Bedford Haydock Sprint Cup, which we touched upon yesterday. As far as what we're talking about horse-wise, we will be turning our attention to the uh, Grosser Prix von Baden today, which is coming up on Sunday getting an update with jockey of fantastic moon Rennie Pietulek and we'll also be talking Irish champion stakes but we and that we is myself and Racing Post journalist Jonathan Harding have some uh, news pieces to to get straight off the bat first of all so Jonathan Harding welcome along what is the latest with race over in Ireland Johnny Murta has, has lended his voice of um of disappointment read this story what do we know so far yeah morning tom uh so this is some reporting by david jennings over in ireland about the closure of racing academy and center of education or race as we know it over two-thirds of the staff there have been made redundant in a dramatic cull um, which has been described as necessary to secure the institution's future uh there used to be a 10-month residential trainee jockey course completed by the likes of Johnny Murter, short Shamie Heffernan, Chris Hayes, Shane Foley, Brian Hughes, Daryl Jacob, a really long list of top jockeys that have come through the system. But that course has now been discontinued and replaced by three courses over far shorter periods. Uh Johnny Murta was reflecting on it yesterday as probably its most famous alumni, or one of its most famous alumni, certainly. Um, and he was basically trying to suggest that there might be some good that comes out of this situation. There's been a suggestion that perhaps a lack of investment in the facilities and a few more jockeys coming through the pony racing ranks has led to race being in a sort of state of decline. And there was a need for this uh, assessment of its position. Obviously, the way it's been handled has been criticised by those employees that have been made redundant, quite understandably, and others. Um, but it's certainly an interesting developing situation over there. Um, and it will be uh, fascinating to see how this restructure either helps or sort of puts race uh, to the back of our minds again. So it seems that there is a a feeling that, that something needs to be in place. It, you, you can't you can't do away with something like race altogether, but it's a it's a restructuring. It's a sort of a, a dismemberment of race and and something else will be formed for those young riders that don't go through the racing the, the pony racing program to to get into racing in Ireland. Something needs to be there. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and Johnny Mercer spoke very well about the need for a sort of safe place for these jockeys to go and learn their trade properly and also to get an education at the same time because a lot of these guys and girls that will be going there perhaps or sort of suggestion is they maybe didn't enjoy school that much. They just wanted to be on the back of a horse. But this is quite a good blend of the two things in its ideal state. Obviously, race hasn't been quite where it wants to be in recent years. Um, David Jennings in his reporting suggests that there's an ambition at board level in race that Horse Racing Ireland um, might step in to rescue the situation long term. But it's about making first making race viable 
before we even talk about building it up to its its former glories. Well, big race in Germany this weekend, and a fantastic moon lines up in the Grosse Wiesbaden von Baden for jockey René Pischleck, who joins me now. René, he's a an exciting horse. Tell me about his qualities. Um, yeah, he's a bit special. Uh, always you need a good pace. Uh, I don't like the slow races uh, because he's very strong, but he's already uh, he's still a fighter. Yeah, and um, he runs. He runs always a good race. Um, he still fights, and uh, yeah. We hope you do the same on Sunday. Now, what's the ground going to be, and how important is the ground to him? Well, actually, the ground is pretty soft. Uh, but uh, the last two days was good ground, and uh, this night we had a little bit rain. But uh, anyway, next days, next two days, it will be sunny and uh, warm. So I hope we get a good ground. Right. So. The arc um, possibility, obviously, as you well know, Toccata Tasso took this race before going on to to win the arc. But but this horse is different. He's not in the arc, and 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 he's he he wouldn't get his ground. It wouldn't seem that day. So so that is not a possibility, right? No, it's not possible. Um, we we have uh, last years we have uh, soft ground, and he don't like the soft ground, so he preferred a good, good to firm and. Uh, yeah, I think a uh, mile and a half is a good distance for him if you have a good pace. And um, yeah, so but I think 2,000 meters will be the perfect distance for him. And as the the season develops, might we, we see him in another race in Europe? Is there anything that you think, obviously depending on what happens on Sunday, is there any race that um, that you or Sarah might have in mind for him? Well, we, we want to see how he runs on Sunday and uh, maybe we have too many options. Uh, one is the Breeders' Cup and one is uh, the Japan Cup. So yeah. at the end of the, of the year, that will be one option, one of these. Mm. Ah, exciting. How, how close was he to, to coming over for Irish Champions Weekend or, or was the race on Sunday always the, the main target? So, um, yeah, the, the champion stakes, uh, there was an option. Same like uh, next week, uh, Prinil. Mm. But we choose, uh, we choose uh, that one on uh, Sunday because uh, we have good ground. And uh, the owner and the trainer and me, um, yeah, we choose uh, the German option because uh, he had not uh, uh, so, so, uh, so long travel. So, um he runs uh, four times this year, uh, and yeah, that's why we choose uh, the German one. Listen, good luck, and um, it would be it would be great if we were to see him uh, abroad if he wins well on on Sunday. Thank you very much. This fantastic moon story then is um, well, it's quite a nice one, of course, with the, the jockey and trainer being an item with um, what what the the colt has shown so far in, in his career and of course he's he's going for the race this weekend that Toccata Tasso won en route to the arc no absolutely and it's it's a 
it's a serious race. I know it's a slightly quiet Saturday in Britain, but we've got some good international racing on Sunday with the Moulin and with the, the, the Prevon Baden. And it's if you look at its role of honour, you've got the likes of Gaeth, Barney Roy, and then, of course, Torquato Tasso, who you say won it en route to the Arc. And Fantastic Moon's another one of these, perhaps... Uh, almost quietly underrated German three-year-olds middle distance who just seem to have that little bit of quality that perhaps we haven't always associated with the German horses. We'll see how he goes. Obviously a shame that he's not taking in the the Irish champion stakes. We've had a few um, notable horses coming out of that of late, a couple from Europe as well. But Jonathan and I will, will come on to that once we've, uh, or, or in the main you, Jonathan, have given an update on the John Dance story. This was a, there was an article in the Times which, I guess told us a, a little bit more earlier on in the week. What did we learn? Yeah, of course. It, it just added a little bit more detail to this story. So relating to leading owner John Dance, who's who's been at the centre of a fraud and money laundering probe by the FCA. It's a story that's gone relatively quiet while the regulator's investigation is underway, still underway. Uh, for background, Dance's racing involvement was sort of thrown into disarray in April when the city regulator shut down his business, Wealth Tech. LLP and placed a freezing order on his assets. Um, the Times story this week just adds a, a another layer to that. Really, it includes allegations from a group of former employees who say the FCA quote negligently ignored a whistleblower's claims two years ago of a potential fraud of millions of pounds. Now it's a development in the story, but materially, we're in the same position. The FCA investigation continues into WealthTech. Um, John Dance has, has not been charged nor commented on this investigation. It's important to note uh, the BHA remains in dialogue with the regulator. That's certainly as of Monday and will continue to be the case, I'm sure. Um, originally, uh, we had a situation where his horses were unable to run until the BHA confirmed that horses could still be run under the banner of Titanium Racing and Coverdale Stud, which are both linked to Dance, of course, with any funds generated being frozen by the FCA. Like I say, materially, we're in a in the similar situation as we have been for months now. But the longer this goes on, it has to sort of consider its position in relation to Titanium Racing and Coverdale Stud having runners. Irish Champions Weekend then is on the horizon. That there is something about this weekend. I mean, I think fundamentally, its position in the calendar uh, means that we get some serious clashes. Um, Leopardstown, Great Day on Saturday, and then the the two-year-old day and the, the stayers and, and the sprinters on the Sunday over at the Curra. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the Irish Champion Stakes. I say we're getting some great clashes, Jonathan. We we have got some notable absentees, first of all. No, absolutely. And it, it says a lot about the quality of this race that even with the absentees, it looks like a, a serious Group 1. Uh, Ace Impact, unfortunately, we won't see him. He's the arc favourite, but he's not going to line up in the Champion Stakes. Mostadaf. Also, such a brilliant winner of the Jubmont International at York under Frankie Vittori, unsurprisingly not being turned around quite that quickly for the for the Irish champion. But we do have August Rodan in there. Uh, Derby winner, lest we forget. Irish Derby winner, of course, who just, for one reason or another, did not run his race in the King George. If he bounces back to anywhere near his best form, he's going to be a really interesting horse going into the autumn. Uh, standing in his way is King of Steel, who's Hardly put a foot wrong for Roger Varian, finishing second behind August Rodan in the Derby, winning the King Edward the uh, seventh stakes at Royal Ascot before 
okay, you know, you might have expected him to go a bit closer in the King George, beaten four and three quarter lengths by Hookham, but still a very good run. Um, and in what looks like a really competitive race with Alf Flayla being supplemented for that as well. We did a, an autumn aces stable tour with a few trainers highlighting horses to follow. And Owen Burroughs confirmed that Alf Flayla will be supplemented for the Irish champion. So a proper race on a, a proper day's racing. Yeah, and it looks as though Ace Impact will be pre-Niel bound on, on, on a bid for a, for a tilt at the Pre-Lark de Triomphe. Uh, who, what else are we looking forward to? Uh, well, Tahira uh, confirmed as having had a, an intended break and then and then going for the matron. She's um, well, she's going to be incredibly tough to beat on that first day, surely. Yeah, and the, the market's um, not missed that either. Uh, I'd imagine likely to be sent off odds on and you can understand sort of why really can't you just has been almost foot perfect uh started the season narrowly beaten by morge you've got to think that might have been the fact that morge had had a little bit of uh was slightly more match sharp shall we say uh then going on to win the irish 1000 quite comfortably from meditate before winning the coronation stakes at royal ascot the question is always how are they after coming back from a break? You either you either think they're going to be fresh and they're going to be ready and that's a plus, or you think they might need the run. Uh, we'll back them next time. But look, it'd just be good to see her back for Dermot Weld. And yeah, very impressive filly so far this season. Yes, and Maud, who you mentioned, who has revealed, excuse me, in the racing post yesterday, looks as though she's breeders cup bound. Highfield Princess is going to back up. The difference being that when she won the Flying Five on deep ground last year over six, she bolted up on quick ground over five at York. That wasn't to be this year. No, it wasn't. And I had the uh, the wonderful job of speaking to John Quinn after that defeat, which is always um, tricky to go up to uh, uh, the runner-up and ask them what their reflections are on the race. But he just said, the winner living the dream got away from her she still ran fantastically well and that's racing and I mean looking through her form she's always there or thereabouts isn't she over it doesn't seem to matter what trip doesn't seem to matter to an extent what ground either obviously a winner on soft as you say there in, in last year's race so again I think she's the one to be and and few would few would sort of begrudge her that I think given her meteoric rise and she's the sort of consistent sprinter that everyone would just love to own wouldn't they 100 it was um it was a really weird feeling at york because anyone that doesn't know the live in the dream story with the with his owners and 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 you know the outpouring of emotion from his trainer afterwards i feel and i and i didn't to be honest so i felt rather disappointed that that she hadn't won because it would have really lit york up but in itself we then got a really lovely story developing out of that but I feel that Highfield Princess just really throughout this season, other than Goodwood, where she was she was brilliant. We we could do with a real dominant display from her, so we're not left feeling a bit sort of deflated re her her season this year. I don't. I'm not going to go so far as to say she's just not quite as good this year. We just we just need a we need an electrifying performance, I think, from her towards the back end of the season to really hold her in the same esteem we held her in last year. No, I think that's fair. But I think a lot of that is the fact that the bar's higher now, isn't it? When she put together that amazing sequence last year, it happened so quickly, winning three group ones in August and September that you didn't really have time to catch your breath and think about how big an achievement that was. But you come into this season expecting 
uh, to clean up in all of these sprints and, and perhaps some of the others have got a little bit closer to her obviously she's incredibly unlucky and uh, in the King stand at Royal Ascot Brad Selp as well for the Flying Five can't be discounted that's an interesting rematch there um, I d again I don't think she's run poorly I, I do take your point though that you'd like to see her get her, her nose in front she obviously won quite impressively the King George at Goodwood but it would be a shame if she ended the season without a Group 1 because that is the sort of level that she's has been operating at and finally, Kiprios, the lesser-sighted Kiprios. What's the latest we have there, Jonathan? Yeah, so Kiprios is a possible for the Irish St. Ledger. Um, a lot's going to depend on how he is sort of approaching the race. Uh, Aidan O'Brien's been reasonably cautious. He says he's ready to go, but whether he's ready to be pitched in right back at the deep end like that will be a call that they have to make. Um, but Look, it would be at a huge level of intrigue were he to run because the last time we saw him, he was stretching 20 lengths clear in the Prix de Cadran at Longchamp and it looked as though our television was broken because you just couldn't believe what you were seeing. And for him to be off for so long is hugely disappointing in a staying division that perhaps would have really benefited from him. I mean, it's a staying division that needs a star. We had Coltrane the other day. We've had a few throw their hat into the ring, but... Kiprios was the one that you thought could really dominate that division in the way that a Stradivarius or a Yates has done. Um, but it would be great to see him back. I know the arc's been sort of floated about, but I'm not sure that would be quite right. Um, better minds than me might take a view on that, but he's a really interesting horse. It would be great to see him at the weekend. Mm. He's done it before Aiden with a stare, hasn't he? Was was it Order of St George who, who finished place when he had his one, two, three? So it wouldn't it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a huge surprise. But I guess given the the the, the fact we haven't seen him yet, that that could be a, a long way off. Um, hopefully, we we'll see him Irish Champions Weekend. That's going to be your first visit, I hear. Yes, yeah, going over to Ireland next week and going to get to Leopardstown on Saturday. Unforgivably, never been racing in Ireland, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing how it compares as to the Yorks, Goodwoods, Ascots of this world. Um, I'm sure it will weigh up very favourably. Well, last year, um, the Sunday was blighted with rain, so it probably dampened um, enthusiasm for the day at the Curra. Uh, Leopardstown was, was, yes, it was bright sunshine, but it was tremendous racing. It was fantastic. You will love it. Well, Joseph O'Brien has a typically strong team for, for Irish Champions Weekend, who, who joins me now. Joseph... Um, We'll just rattle through all the, the Group 1 entries, of which there are plenty. Above the curve, obviously, won at Irish Champions Weekend last year. Will she go to the Irish Champion? Um, uh, Maren Tom, uh, most likely she will go to the Vermeil. Um, she's, she's, she has entered in the Blandford again, as, as she is in the Champion. But I think she'll most likely go to France for the Vermeil. Is that with a view to an arc tilt, or is that, or is it just see how you go in a Vermeil? Um, I think, you know, Ryan felt after her run the last day in Deauville that she was ready for a step up to 12 furlongs. She has always looked as though she would handle that. Um, so, so yeah, that's, we're, we're looking at looking at doing that there next weekend. OK. And um, would she be one possibly to, to travel to America again? Um, yes, yeah, she would potentially. Um, um, yeah, she, she has a lot of options, Tom, between now and the end of the season. Uh, she travels well. She's 
a very solid, consistent Group One performer. She's obviously a Group One winner, and um, um, uh, you know we'll probably just pick our spots uh, at home and abroad between now and the end of the year and see if we can win another Group One winner. Al Riff uh, is a likely rider in the champion, is he? Yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, he's come out of his run in Deauville very well. That was a, a, a great effort, and uh, uh, we're hoping for a, a big autumn with him. Uh, obviously, it was a frustrating start to the campaign, given that you couldn't get him out before the, the car at the start of July. Has he ticked every box since then? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't be more pleased, really, with his run the last day without winning. Um, um, uh, Christoph felt that with a slightly different setup, he, he could have potentially beat the winner. And um, our horse was very lightly raced, and and uh, that was his second second run ever around the turn. So so um, uh, we think that there's a lot, a lot, uh, or the best is yet to come from him. And um, we're excited about about uh, the the next part of the season with him. Obviously, like you say, it was frustrating to to miss the early summer. Um, but but we had to be patient, and hopefully our patience will be rewarded. Do you think in the future he'd get a mile and a half or no? Um, I do think he will. Um, he certainly is not slow. He's obviously a Group One winner at Seven Furlongs, uh, too. Um, but his pedigree suggests that he should stay a mile and a half. And obviously he's out of a Galileo mirror, but there's also quite quite a bit of stamina further back. So, so I do think a mile and a half is something that we'll consider in the future. Okay, he has an arc entry and he has a, a Kitco British Champion Stakes entry as well. The Matron Stakes, Joseph. Over to you because there are lots of possibles. What what's likely? Yeah, I have a, a bunch of entries, um, Tom, and probably what's going to be the final decider on what goes will be the ground. Mm. Um, we have Honey Girl, Gold Anna, uh, Jumbly, American Sonia. All of all of those have been performing very well in good fillies races um, uh, uh, through the season. So, so I think ground dependent. Um, we will then decide what 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 we run, and most likely we'd run a few. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, plenty of entries there, as you say. Um, juveniles for, for for this year. Uh, how do you assess the the Moy Glare team? First of all, I think you've got about five or six in there. Um, Dollarina would be the shortest of them at this stage. Is she likely? Yeah, we have two in there. Dollarina and Calaspira are two potentials. Uh, Dollarina would maybe potentially swerve the Moy Glare and maybe Calispira will take her chance. She was placed in the debutante last time. Um, she'd have an each way chance again. Um, uh, we have uh, Island in the Stream will most likely be our, our main chance in the National Stakes. He was obviously second to Henry Longfellow in the in the car last time, which was a, which was a great run. Um, um, he'd potentially be our, our main one there. And then we have a couple in the group two in Leopardstown as well. Uh, there's a nice, nice cold called Bad Desire who was just beaten on debut might might drop in there as well as there's a couple of others that are options. And again, we'll have to see what the ground is like um, before we finalise our plan for that race. Okay, I wanted to ask you about Galen who or, or Garland who finished second to City of Troy last time. If he doesn't go to the national, what what might be likely? Yeah, we just had a hold up with him after his debut so um he'd most likely come back for a maiden uh, later you know later in the in the maybe in the autumn um uh, he's a looks very smart cold mm. and the irish ledger again a, a couple of possibilities what what's like um, 
<clears throat> yes, um, I think Dawn Rising will probably wait for this is Harwich, um, and um, I may not be represented in the ledger. We okay. have we have a couple of options. Alan King will probably run in the in the mile and a half race in Leopardstown in preparation for the Caulfield Cup. Um, um, so um, I may not be represented in the Irish ledger. Fine, Dawn Rising, stupid question: Irish is Harwich or British is Harwich? Which one? <laughs> Yeah, he'd probably go to the car. I'd okay. say, um, Tom. Um, um, it's obviously you know big pot, and um, um, he's he's prepared very well for the race. Uh, he just just finished second in the ledger trial um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that, you know looks looks a perfect preparation for the sandwich. Appreciate the update. All the best. Thanks, Joseph. Pleasure, Tom. All the best. Continuing our look ahead to Irish Champions Weekend, Jay Lyons joins me, who's got a couple of notable Group One entries. Uh, Jay, welcome along. First of all, the uh, the matron, you've got a couple in there, uh, Maui Maui and, and Zarintz, both lightly or just one? Yeah, we'll definitely be going with Zarintz. Uh, she's earned the right. She's done marvellous uh, against all of my uh, worries. She came, she travelled to France and came home a different filly, won her Group 3 and her Group 2 since, which gives her the absolute right to go around the track that she handles brilliantly, Leopardstown. And uh, it's a race that's been on my agenda to try and win since we got beat a, a nose in it many years ago by Kevin Prendergast. Hmm. And uh, I'd love to win it with her. And if there's ever a filly that deserves it, it's her. She's been very consistent. Would have argued that Group 2, Group 1 were maybe beyond her. But she's proven me wrong. And, and hopefully to be able to line up in the matron and maybe run well in it would be fantastic. And winning it would be a dream, you know. Well, why did she come back from Chantilly, a, a different filly, you say? She literally, normally I would say we're travelling to France, it's not easy anymore, you know, coming from here to France the way it would be for a new market trainer, it's a long trek, now plenty of us do it, but uh, I would have found, she's very slight filly, and I would have thought this race, this trip and everything will leave the mark on her, and she literally started to thrive from the trip, Andrew Duff brought her down, uh, took a few days to do it, and she literally started to blossom and bloom and uh, put on weight and hasn't looked back since the trip. So you know they make liars of you. Yeah. Well, there you go. Couple in the Moy Glare on the Sunday. Serious notions in Beleza. Yeah, I would have loved to have Beleza in there for the owners because uh, Moy Glare owned her, and she was from early, very early days. I kept talking her up as my Moy Glare filly, and unfortunately, she's met with a setback and won't be partaking, which is. Uh, a bummer but that's basically the season we've been having um, serious notion I think that'd be a step too far for her I think we're concentrating on the little race for her, winning her little uh, maiden and, and I got a bit carried away with her in her first start and uh, she divided two of Aiden's horses and maybe you see them colours and you get and, and, and at Leperson you think you're better than you are so let's go back to basics and win our maiden but I don't think she'll be partaking in a group one Terrible shame, Rebeleza. I'm sorry to hear that. Is that it for the season? Absolutely, yes. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing detrimental. It's enough to stop it. She's a big filly. Listen, these things happen for a reason, and she's a very, very big saying filly. That uh, listen, we we look forward for next year. But that's that's horse. I'm afraid, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four in the National Spanish Flame. My mate Alfie. Formal display. Tam Rat. What's likely? A lovely bunch of horses, formal display, I think the world of just beaten on a start at uh, Curra recently, uh, obviously nothing decided, we'll talk to Barry and the team, but that might be a big ass jumping from, you know, we might just go baby, baby steps and win his maiden and, and think about him next year, 
Tamarat won his maiden the other day, uh, first time out at the Curra, lovely horse owned by Moy Blair by Invincible Spirit. Again, there's no options for him. Um, our programme isn't liking and we don't have novices, which is a shame. You can run a bad horse every day of the week over here, but you can't run a good horse. And I don't necessarily need to step him straight into big stakes races. I don't think that'd be the wisest move in the world. Again, I'll talk to the owners. But A, stepping him into the National Stakes and B, bringing him back in trip, I don't think that would be the clever thing to do with him, considering he won over a mile. Uh, Spanish Flame disappointed badly the last day in a Group 2. Nothing has come to light. Maybe he's gone through a growing spurt. Maybe the races he won weren't as good as a, uh, he won two. Maybe they just weren't up to that. And you, can, you get found out when you step into class. I, I've always said he wants a trip and he wants soft ground, so... Maybe, listen, I don't think the National Stakes is his race. And uh, what was the other one you said to me? Uh, my, uh, mate, my mate Alfie. Yeah. yeah, my mate Alfie will head to um, the million race. He's been brilliant. Um, he's been rock solid horse. And we were second in the million, the Goffs million last year. And he'll head there this year, hopefully with a fighting chance. That's on the 23rd of September this year. Good luck with that. Uh, Jerry. I wanted to ask you about uh, race and, and your views. We've been dealing with it on the, on the podcast today. What do you think? Well, I won't be hypocritical. I haven't been um, a supporter of race over the years. I thought it has seen its day. They've been dining out on the on the success of the likes of Johnny and that for years. And fair play to them, they were they were of it of its time, as they say. But they serve a very small, minute percentage of the country, in my opinion. Um, by the time some of them got to the likes of me on the outside of the Curra, you know. They were well and truly, true, you know, spun out. Um, they only served the people on the curve for obvious reasons because they were had to go to school there. As I said, it was a it was an industry, it was a, a, a school of its time uh, back in the day. Johnny said it wouldn't have been anything without Johnny, and I agree with that. But um, in latter years, for me, it looked like it was just a job for the boys, and it, need, it needed revamping. And I wish them well revamping it. I'm not saying there's no need for a, a school of excellence, but it, it needs these things need to be done right. And uh, I think I think a change was needed. Um, they say it was uh, badly handled. I have no idea how how it was handled one way or the other. But um, as I said, I won't be a hypocrite. I would have sat in meetings and criticised them uh, vociferously over the years. And um, I look forward to newer version coming soon, if there is one coming. Appreciate your time as ever. Thanks, Jeff. No problem, Tom. Jonathan Harding, I just need a tip from you, please. Yeah, so my tip is spirit in my soul at in the two o'clock at Carlisle. Unbeaten in two starts for a current yard. Had plenty in hand last time. And I think she is definitely the one to beat for Declan Carroll. Lovely job. Jonathan, thanks ever so much. Charlotte will be back this evening with the Saturday edition and Nick Luck will be back on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.